0: It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys. Three generations and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and c 925 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners.
1: Nelson House Funeral Homes number one goal is to serve the families in our community they're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors the Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability integrity and compassion the top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors being right there when you need them most with unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234.
0: Three-point podcast located on the corner of Shawasi and M21 in Corona.
1: Well, it's time again for Three Point Podcast, episode 146, and our Thanksgiving edition. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z925 The Castle. I'm the Boomer, Ted Fattel, Gen Xer, Matt Burns is on the phone from North Carolina, and our Millennial man, Jared Fattel, joins me here in the Three Point Podcast Studios. Michigan may have found a quarterback in Cade McNamara, but Don Brown still needs to find a defense. MSU had a COVID buy, and Matt Patricia may have finally stamped his ticket out of Motown with their sorry performance, ironically enough, down there in Carolina. Matt's neck of the woods. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, I want to tell you about our good friends at Hankard Sportswear. They're the area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. Hankard Sportswear's team prides themselves by giving a good product at a great value. 100% guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. That's Hankard Sportswear in downtown Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Give them a call at 725-2979, 725-2979, or give them a follow on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Also helping us out, Advanced Elevator. They have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce.
2: This year for Thanksgiving, everyone's kind of been all doom and gloom. You know, this sucks. Ted, right as I was walking in, you were basically saying to me how it sucks, how we're not all going to be together for Thanksgiving. So I thought on a lighter note, I would bring up the positives to everyone kind of having their own Thanksgivings at their own house. I know a lot of people usually get together this year. It's everyone kind of for their own. So I'm going to highlight the positives. Uh, Number one, uh, this is kind of more of a personal one. Uh, I don't have Ted commenting and taking pictures like I was an animal of my food plate. Uh, that's something that you know he does every single year, makes a big show out of it, kind of makes me feel bad, like a fatty. Every year he makes fun <laughs> of how much food I have on my plate. It's a good point. Uh, number two, if you ever have the big family gatherings and you're one of the grandsons or the granddaughters, you always have to sit on the floor. You never get a seat on the couch, never get a seat in a chair. So this year I'm going to be able to sit on my chair and watch the Lions, and that's kind of a number three. I don't necessarily have to watch the Lions this year. If the game's a blowout, I'll just go in the other room and watch something else. You know, some other show on Netflix. I know we got a couple of recommendations coming later. Maybe I'll watch one of those. Uh, Number four, I'm wearing sweats all day. (laughs) For some odd reason, our family has this dumb tradition. We go over to my aunt's house, and we all have to dress up in, like, shirt and tie and stuff. For Thanksgiving, we don't really take pictures. We don't really do anything like that. I don't understand why we do it, to be honest. I (laughs) always complained about it. I always threw a bitch fit about it to my mom. This year, I'm wearing sweats all day, and I can't wait for that. Uh, I think it adds about like another five more pounds of food I can eat because you're not so like it's not like a straitjacket uh, that you're wearing. Uh, n- another one I have here: um, I'm gonna have enough portions. Usually, when you have the big family get-togethers, like some of the favorites, like the chi- the like the fried chicken or the buttered noodles and the mashed potatoes, they're always gone after you have like maybe two scoops. Then next thing you know, you look around and it's all gone. This year, I'm gonna have all that. A few of the negatives though, I, I or I got one more positive actually: uh, no Black Friday. Black Friday should be abolished from our holidays, list of national holidays, because as somebody who, who worked at Meyer on a Black Friday, the people that go there and are just bombarding you with these like sales and stuff, like it's not that big of a deal. Saving the $20 on these deals is not that big of a deal. Just order it off of Amazon, you'll get it uh, within a couple of days. So I'm glad there's no um, Black Friday this year. A couple of the negatives, though, from uh, not having it at my like aunt's house or people not having it at their aunt's house is not being able to see your family, uh, and that's about it, really. I that, mean, That could know. be
1: good. That could be bad. Yeah, okay. so
2: I actually think that people are kind of viewing this the wrong way. There are a lot of positives to be had here with having it just inside your own family.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, you're shot out of the gate. I like it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of stuff you have there, pretty well thought out. Uh, one thing you're missing, especially from your generation and what COVID has done, Thanksgiving Wednesday.
2: Yeah, I, that's but no, here's a positive about that though. No hung no hangover on ah, Thursday. Good point. No hangover on Thursday, but yeah, Wednesday is going to be horrible. I mean, Thanksgiving Eve is really what made Thanksgiving arguably better than Christmas in terms of holidays because it was really a two-day holiday, long weekend. Now it's just basically oh, we're going to have a meal with our family. <laughs> like kind of a half-assed Thanksgiving dinner, too. That's what kind of sucks about it. You know no families are going all out with four people.
0: No.
3: Yeah, no, I, I remember, like, uh, being Jared's age, and I mean, you, you said it perfectly, going home, whether you were at college or, you know, whatever you were doing, going home for the night before Thanksgiving was, I mean, you love going home to see your family and doing all that, of course. I'm not trying to sell that short, but Thanksgiving Eve, going out and seeing all your friends, going out, you know, the biggest bar night of the year, that was one of the coolest things about Thanksgiving weekend, and yeah, that's not even happening anymore, or, you know, it shouldn't be. I'm sure there's some states allowing some gatherings and stuff like that, but not like it used to be. So, but yeah, the list that you threw out there, a couple of those I hadn't really thought about because <laughs> we didn't necessarily get dressed up for family Thanksgiving, but we definitely got dressed, you know, in <laughs> normal clothes, I guess. But yeah, it, there's no reason to now. Cause I'm, you know, I'll be staying home too. And uh, my wife's going to be staying home. She was going to go to Tennessee to see some family. She's going to stay home just to avoid any potential, you know, stupid stuff happening or whatever. So, so, yeah, no no reason to get dressed, no reason to get ready, no reason to shower. Just go ahead and wake up and start eating a ton of food. Yeah, I got another. Good s- one. I hadn't think, thought about that.
1: Yeah, there's some good stuff there. And I also got to go full disclosure on our holiday talk here. I'm just thinking back, and I hope my wife doesn't take offense to this too bad. She knows I've talked about it before, but one of my best Christmases ever. And, again, I love my family. I love hanging out with the family. But she went to Florida and I had the house to myself for Christmas, and I just <laughs> kind of psycho. Well, no, but I mean that Christmas, the Christmas break there, I did nothing but yeah. watch television, nap on the couch, and completely stress free. So there's some there's some positive. It's, yeah, to that. I
2: can see that. Uh, one, I do have one more question in regards to Thanksgiving. So I'm probably, uh, as you guys know, I have a girlfriend right now or whatever. So a lot of new firsts. This is my first kind of you know serious relationship I've been in. Uh, heading over to the family, her side of the family for Thanksgiving, you know, night. Uh, any thoughts on how to like kind of handle that situation with the other side of the family? Any mm-hmm. advice from a couple of uh, local legends in in that realm?
1: What's on the What's on the agenda? You're going to hang out. You're going to have turkey sandwiches. I mean, what? I believe
2: what's... it's yeah, the turkey sandwiches, maybe a few beers, a couple of rooskies.
1: Maybe throw thing. in a movie or something, or I mean. I guess, I guess I don't know what your specific question is. Just chill out and, you know, don't make a fool of yourself. number one.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you've, you've already, you're a few months into this relationship, so you, you've made it that far. They must, like, you, you've you met them at least once, right? This isn't the first yep. time you're yep. meeting them? Yep. Oh, yeah. So they already at least know who you are. They know their daughter really likes you and stuff like that. They know you're, you know, you're a, a gregorious guy. You like to chat. You know sports and stuff like that. So, Yeah, go over there and be yourself. I don't know if they're game players. You know, that's always a big family dynamic. If they like to play cards or if they like to play board games, you know, stuff like that. Because some people want nothing to do with the board games. Some people are super competitive when it comes to the board games. My family, the board games always got a little serious sometimes. So some of the significant others, when they'd come around, they'd almost be like wide-eyed, like, holy crap. I don't know if I want to play Monopoly or Scattergories with this family. (laughs) Yeah. You know, be yourself. Have fun. Crack some jokes, especially if you get a, you have a couple beers, then you know then you can really open up.
1: Is that on the agenda? Maybe some some kind of games. But they're a big board game family,
2: okay. so yes, oh, I, would, yeah. I would I would assume that there probably will be some board games in there. Yes,
1: and that could be a lot of fun if you're if you're having a few cocktails to go along with it. Um, Depends
2: on the board game. True. Depends on the board game, big time. I mean, well, what, what are your what what would your go
1: to be if if you had a preference at all? I,
2: you guys, I love Risk. Risk is the best best game ever created. Now you, it's it's weird to play that like with your in laws and stuff, and you know it's more of like kind of a game you play with your buddies. But that game is all the way up there at number one. Other than that, I mean, there's not. A, I don't I don't love board games. I like chess. I like Risk. I like. You know, a few games here and there, apples to apples, like things like that. Yeah, that's kind like, of fun. It's, it's all all right, but there's no board games, and I'm like, oh heck yeah! Other than Risk, that's the only one I love.
3: I'm a, see, I'm a big board. I love all games, even all the like new age games, like Cards Against Humanity, and you know, the, all of those games that have now come out. I cannot believe. I mean, if you really like chess, chess and Risk, I feel like kind of that kind of strategic gameplay kind of goes together. So it doesn't surprise me that you like Risk so much. But saying that's like your favorite game. I, I don't mind risk. That's one of the boring, most boring games ever to play. <laughs> what,
2: dude? You don't know how to play it? Then you don't know how to play it. That's really only. That's really uh, you're not playing it with the right group of people. Uh, like you're not playing it with your best friends or your friends or whoever. Like you, there's there, that's how you play it. It's all about. It's kind of like a. It's like poker or something where you're talking to a guy and you're trying to make him, you know, create alliances and trying to get him to do something with you. Are, it's a lot of fun.
1: Are you better off sober or is it a shot type of game?
2: You know, it's a game that I mostly played when I was in, like, middle school, so I can't say I've ever played it uh, <laughs> drunk. Uh, okay. be interesting to see, to say the least. I don't know. <laughs> well, it sounds like you uh, I guess,
3: a- I mean, mostly to answer your question, go over there and be yourself. I mean, that's always – people. most people can see through you if you're trying to be fake or trying to crack stupid jokes or, you know, like put on a show. Go yeah. over there and be yourself.
1: Yeah, and I think you've been over there enough that it's, it's yeah. just going to be another night, right? Yeah. yeah. Just have some
3: fun. So what's our go-to – I mean, everyone always talks about it, you know, Thanksgiving – you guys had the, the buttered noodles. I remember the first time that we talked about Thanksgiving on this podcast. I, I, you guys threw out the buttered noodles was like the staple of the fatel family yep. Thanksgiving, and I hadn't, had never really had that at Thanksgiving. So is that still... I mean, now that the families aren't necessarily getting together, everyone's still making buttered noodles. Or what are the go-to? You
1: know, I don't know if we are making buttered noodles, and uh, I don't think so. I'd, I may have to. I may have to put that back on the menu when I get home tonight. You know, and the whole key with the buttered noodles is lots of butter, but you got to have the crushed crackers yes. on top of it. That's a must.
2: Yes, it really is. Uh, the thing is, you guys know this take. Turkey is so bad. The the people who are like, I love turkey. I can't wait to eat so much turkey are they're such a poser they're so fake like if i did that at a family uh like you're talking about matt like my girlfriend's family thing like they'd probably think i was the biggest douchebag in the world you, turkey sucks <laughs> no one likes turkey you like it because you put you douse it in pound of gravy God. like a, a spiraled ham or anything is really better than that like why don't we have fried chicken on thanksgiving fried chicken I'll is say, the best meat
3: i'll say this the, I, i'm sort of with you i honestly only have like this style of turkey like an actual bird (laughs) it's Uh, horrible once a year i don't know once once a year i guess you know i'll have a an occasional like turkey sandwich you know deli meat or whatever but to me like turkey people have come a far a long ways with like how they make it i guess how you can like season it and brine it or whatever and you know people like deep fry it now and stuff like that so like, once a year on Thanksgiving, I'll have some turkey. I'm not going to sit there, like you're saying, and be like, oh, my God, I'll, turkey is the best thing ever. Thanksgiving, I'll have some. You know, my wife, she's excited to make one. She's got a huge one. Kind of like to your point where portions now, since it's just, yeah. like, individual families, she, she, like, went to the store and bought, like, a 30-pound turkey oh, or oh. something. Because it's like, what else do I get? So we're going to have turkey for three days, I guess, but... No, like I'm kind of with you on that turkey. I'll have it a
1: couple times. Yeah, and I'm the poser of the group. I love turkey. I really. Dude. I don't. I wouldn't eat it every weekend, but <laughs> when, when, you it's, don't when love it comes, it. I do love it. I truly do. If it's cooked right, and I'll use this word that for whatever reason grosses out women, moist. If it's good, moist turkey, <laughs> it's, we're getting sexist. It's, now, it's,
2: well, I? I'm just from experience. <laughs> Here's the, It's the way it's prepared. It's the way it's. It's just like a, a cut of turkey. Like who the heck eats meat? Yeah. Like, no, we don't eat any any other type of meat, we don't eat it like that. You don't just take a piece chicken. of chicken and eat it. Like you fry it or you dip do. it in sauces. A rotisserie or,
1: chicken? It's about the oh, same e- thing.
2: That's like pretty much fried though. Well, like the tur- like there's no turkey that you're you're grabbing and it's like a rotisserie would chicken. Would you
1: would you think different if you have you ever had a deep fried turkey?
2: I don't think I have. I, that's what I've noticed. I think that we do Thanksgiving kind of wrong in mm-hmm. our family. You look at like Snap or Instagram pictures or Twitter pictures of like uh, Thanksgiving down in like the South. It's mac and cheese, fried chickens, ham, turkey. Uh, it's like deviled ha- eggs. It's everything. Whereas we just have like the classic stuffing, mashed potatoes, turkey. Yeah, you, butter noodles.
1: You bring up some good points there, but I still, I do love turkey. I do. I just, yeah, they, I don't eat it enough.
2: Yeah, I've,
3: you know, I, I can see, like, every family kind of has, like, well, butter noodles for you guys. The one thing for me, I like mashed potatoes. Again, I'll, I'll eat them. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not, like, I don't go crazy over them. The thing that I, I much more prefer on situations like Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever, are cheesy potatoes. And that's, yeah. like, when my wife asked, like, requests or whatever, was, like, cheesy potatoes and green bean casserole. Cheese and potatoes, green bean, green bean casserole. Those are the two sides I gotta have on Thanksgiving. And if I remember right, Ted, you're grossed out by green beans.
1: I just made a face. Yeah, I, I <laughs> substitute the green green bean casserole with corn casserole for me. Please. Yeah,
2: corn casserole, very very good. I'll say, I'm not a big mashed potatoes guy. I don't really understand the love for mashed potatoes. It's basically just a love for gravy. Mashed potatoes, like there's a lot better. Ways to do a potato, like with French fries, like put French fries and, and gravy on top of that. That's fine with me. That'd be better than mashed potatoes. I love stuffing. You can't go wrong with stuffing. Stuffing is the best thing you can put on your plate on Thanksgiving Day. Besides maybe, I mean, obviously the desserts, apple pie with uh, whipped cream on top, ice cream. And here's the best, literally my favorite thing I look forward to the most on on Thanksgiving Day is the, the just the regular Lay's potato chips. With a turkey sandwich. Mm. Like it's just yeah, guys, it's really the best.
3: I you, yeah, I think you threw that out last year or, or the year before. Mayo. And mm-hmm. again, same thing. I you know, the chips on a sandwich thing, that's you know, people talk about that a lot. But I had never thought about just plain lays on the leftover turkey sandwich. That's uh that's an interesting it's
2: one. It's very good.
1: It's very good. Adds some Find crunch it. to it. I like that. I like that idea. So, you know, we're totally ad-libbing this portion. It's our annual Thanksgiving uh, feast recommendations. But if you had to put five things on your Thanksgiving plate for your main course, what would it be? This is the
2: easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Stuffing. Green bean casserole. Uh, I'll throw mashed potatoes and gravy on there just because I know a lot of people love them, so I'll throw it on there. Uh, Corn casserole and uh, uh, what was the – Cheesy potatoes, uh, those five things right there. Yeah. Uh, all
1: right, and mine's going to be I'm, i got to have my turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, corn casserole, uh, the noodles, yep. and dressing. That's my five.
2: <laughs> That's like uh, a hipster. Yeah, I way mean, a
1: lot of carbs. So,
3: yeah, a lot, a lot of carbs. That's why, you know, passing out on the couch later in the all. Well, and because the lions usually tire us out too. But yep. my five would probably be, I mean, it's the turkey, like I said, green bean casserole, cheesy potatoes. And then, you know, I do like stuffing. I'm not huge on stuffing. I think this is probably the one day a year I do eat it. So, I'll you know, I'll have it on Thanksgiving. And I am, bread is my favorite thing. I don't care if it's like the Grand's layered biscuits or just your standard dinner rolls. Or my mom used to always make like lemon poppy seed bread. Mm. Um, My wife might be making like banana bread or something like that. That's got to be on my plate. I, I would almost take smaller portions of all the other things. And take like six of those layered grand biscuits, and butter them up, and even put a little jelly on them or something. So mm. all the bread.
1: Getting hungry already. Does Kelly? Uh, does she put the uh, dressing in the bird?
3: She uh, she's uh, maybe she's she's only done it a couple times, and last year was kind of like her first time. So she's gonna try something else out. She's like she throws like apples in there and some lemons and bananas. I don't know. She does a bunch of other things.
0: Sounds
1: so, pretty good. But, oh well, one final thing here on our meal. All right. I guess we have our five uh, items on our plate, and you you talked about dessert. What's your go to again?
2: It's it's apple pie, apple apple crisp, or I mean, there's really the only pie that I steer clear away from is pumpkin pie. Wow. Never really have understood the pumpkin pie obsession. It's not that good.
1: Yeah, now I'm gonna go with pumpkin pie a la mode. <laughs> we could not pumpkin pie, not pie with have different vanilla very, ice cream.
2: Different opinions <laughs> on Thanksgiving here.
3: Yeah, and I, I was gonna say I'm not a big pumpkin pie fan either. I honestly, think I've probably had like. One piece in my whole life and gagged. So maybe I'm older now, so maybe it's one of those things. I'm older, so maybe I should try it again. I like my mommy, so we had in my parents' house in Owasso a huge rhubarb patch, and my mom would make rhubarb pie. So actually, that was like my favorite apple pie. But then, what well, my wife, another thing I, I requested this year Buckeyes, you know, like the yep. peanut butter balls dipped in chocolate. I could eat, I could sit there and eat like a whole plate of those. So. Yeah, those those Buckeyes.
1: (laughs) That all sounds good. Well, uh, everybody out there listening, hopefully you have a great Thanksgiving. Before we go to some football talk, I have a little local or a little uh, personal news here. I'm a grandpa again. My daughter Jessica gave birth uh, last Tuesday to Sloan little over nine pounds and, uh, another addition to the family. Unfortunately with this whole COVID thing, you know, we, we, we still haven't seen her in person. We've done some FaceTime stuff, but looking forward to, uh, maybe getting a break here with this uh, COVID stuff and getting down to see her soon. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to, uh, Jessica and Tom and the family. And sh- her two year old, uh, you know, we were a little bit worried, a little concerned, uh, how she would react being the only child for a couple years and having all of mom's attention. But, uh, she she's she's a good big sister already. She really likes the addition to the family, and it's cute to see her with her. So
2: yep, congrats. I will say I do like the name Sloan. I wasn't sure what the name was going to be, the uh, and I do really like the name
1: Sloan Francis. Yep. Francis after uh, her grandma on uh, her mom's side.
3: Yeah, that's a cute name, and congrats to everyone, of course. And it's just another birthday that Grandpa has to remember another name. That grandpa has to remember, yeah. and another <laughs> little kid that you have to keep up with. So you better make sure those hips, those hips are good.
2: Ted. Yeah, don't worry. Remember, are you worried remember, about remember, missing her first Thanksgiving?
1: No, because I'm not worried about it because it's it's automatic. <laughs> I'm gonna miss it, other than probably a FaceTime thing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we can get a chance to see her before Christmas or at Christmas time. But uh, yeah, we're excited. And and be, answer your question, Matt. No, I'm not worried about it. I can I can handle it. You know. Three, four hours, and then head home. You know, I don't have to stay there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. That's the grandparents' uh, privilege right there. All right, we're going to talk a little Michigan football here. And for a change, we got something good to talk about. Before we get to it, though, I want to tell you about Sheridan Auction Service. They always have the wide variety of items and real estate on their docket. Stay up to date by checking their website. Very important to check this website, SheridanAuctionService.com. Also, Rivals Taphouse & Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. Rivals Taphouse and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. Well, Nelson House Funeral Homes, their top goal is to serve the families in our community, the number one priority, caring for our friends and neighbors, and being right there when you need them the most. See them on the web at nelson-house.com. All right, let's talk a little Michigan football. Matt, I got to get on you just a little bit here, okay? I know you were a big Joe Milton fan. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. McNamara came in. He's got to be the number one going the rest of the way. But you're still hanging on to the Milton thing, I'm noticing, on some of your social media posts.
3: Well, yeah, it's not hanging on, like, thinking he should be the starter. I mean, I definitely think that McNamara has shown enough to take over the job and Milton has shown not enough, you know, to lose the job. I think the the game against Rutgers, just a clear difference in how the offense looked when McNamara was in and Milton – I think that's enough. He earned the job. McNamara should be the starter. My my thing is, is I just, you know, and I kind of said it, I've been saying it for a while, with Milton, I just thought it was so much, it was going to be boom or bust. You know, like it was, all the potential was there. His You know, he's six foot five and he's got this huge arm and he's got some speed to him and all of that. So it was either going to be boom and this guy is going to be like Big Ten Player of the Year caliber or is it was going to be bust and yeah. that's kind of what it's looking like. And my only thing is, it, it kind of sucks that he only got, like, four games. That was kind of my thing. You know, like, you'd like to see a guy get a prison and maybe, like, get some real reps under his belt, especially since they didn't get a traditional, like, offseason and summer camp and all that stuff. So, you know, that, that's my only thing. I just, I'm not saying, like, I feel bad for him. You know, that's just how competition goes. It's football. If you lose your starting gig, that's kind of how it goes. I would I like to see him get a little more of an opportunity. But at the same time, he was playing really bad and they were losing games that they probably shouldn't have. And then McNamara comes in and leads them back to a win. So that's just kind of how it goes. So I just think, like, maybe they should – I don't know if they're going to keep him with, like, a certain package for, like, a wildcat, you know, like, bring him in, you know, for a certain little wildcat wrinkle. But I can admit, I'm not saying, like, I think he should start. McNamara should be the guy going forward.
2: Yeah, it's, it's depressing to see because you like, all leading up to this season, everyone was talking about how Joe Milton looks so good in practice, and you can just picture it. I mean, you look at the guy, throw him in a pair of basketball shorts and like a seven-on-seven where he's basically just throwing the ball as far as he can on like a fade route. Like, yeah, he's going to look incredible. But then we were talking about it like after the show last week where like after the Minnesota game where he looked really good, he was like crying on the field. Like he couldn't believe like, you know, like that he actually like kind of did it. Which we kind of swept under the rug, and we're sort of like, oh, like good for him. But at the time, I know you guys kind of agreed with me a little bit. Like that was a little bit of a red flag. But this guy maybe wasn't the most confident in himself, and it just turned out that Minnesota was absolutely horrendous. And basically, that kind of gave him like this false sense of confidence, and kind of assured us for this guy that really wasn't that good. It's depressing that he's that bad. I will say, McNamara, I mean, he doesn't seem like the guy that's gonna you know take us to the never next level of the Big Ten but he's solid. He'll do for the rest of the year. I mean, he'll win us games against Rutgers. I don't know. He's 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 I'm just he's like so lukewarm and vanilla that there's really like nothing to say about. I the guy.
1: don't know. I mean, he has a little something there that that's an intangible, you know? It's not all about the physical ability and Matt, you brought up the fact about uh, you don't feel bad for Milton because it's competition. I do feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, all the hype yeah. coming in uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on that guy's shoulders, you know, to to lead this Wolverine program to a possible national championship. You know, it was smoke and mirrors in the Minnesota game that we've all figured out since then. I was a little surprised though that the coach coaches stuck with him as long as they did. I thought I thought maybe they stuck with him too long. Fortunately, 17-0 down to Rutgers. They finally <laughs> pulled a trigger. And, think about that. I mean, yeah, think about that. And you know, and Milton in the last what three games has shown really nothing. Yeah, he shows he's got a rocket arm, but I'm a little concerned. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not reading defenses right. You know, and it, on short passes, he's just throwing darts. You know, and you're really not that you great of a runner either. No, like he's not a dynamic runner, which is surprising the size he is. And I, I think he's probably pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. it yeah, just I, hasn't I worked think, out.
3: Yeah, I think Jared, you're spot on. You know, like people, all the hype coming in. And, you know, now people are starting to say, like, why did Michigan wait so long? How could Michigan think that Milton was the guy and McNamara wasn't? What were they seeing in these practices? And that's what I think. Like, they didn't get, like, a spring camp like they usually do where they can actually have full contact. They didn't get a summer camp. So, really, yeah, I bet – just picture Joe Milton in a seven-on-seven summer league passing league. Right. He would probably be tearing it up in a flag football league or, you know, something like that. You know, working out in the weight room, running sprints, and, you know, at the practice facility – he probably was turning heads every single day. Like, look at the potential of this guy, like you said, Jared, with basketball shorts on and just a helmet. So, you know, I don't like hold that against him. I, I think it's kinda like I think it's kinda like, you know, you go to the bar and there's a beautiful girl and she's got a smoking body and you're just like, Man, this is this is gonna be a home run and then you get her home and you know, it's kind of a letdown. Well the, p- <laughs> the potential was
2: there. Yeah, I didn't know where you're going with that. Well, <laughs> I like that one. A very delicately yeah, put. Well,
3: <laughs> still, she was still a beautiful girl she still looked great still had a great body all that the potential was there but then you know like the performance didn't match up once you got her home so that's kind of what I think like all the potential was there you know he's still a super talented guy but like you said Ted I don't know if it's reading defenses or if, if he just can't make those like quick decisions under the gun right or you know what it is but that that's the one difference when McNamara came in I don't know if like play calling was different you know I don't know what, what was going on but he seemed to like get the ball and make a throw. Get the ball and make a throw. If he had to go to a second read and make a throw, when he's doing the zone reads, he was making the correct read and giving to the running back, or he was like you know running for a couple yards or whatever. That that was one of the big differences to me. Does he have as big of, a, of an arm as Milton? Well, no. But he was making the correct reads and good throws. And then obviously like that first drive, he actually hit the deep ball for a touchdown. And you just wonder like. That dude was so open. I wonder if Milton would have thrown that thing through oh, the
1: goalpost. Oh, he would have. There's no doubt, you know. And <laughs> and, and and you know, I, from what I understand, McNamara's arm isn't that bad. But but he does put the put the ball right where it needs to be, right where they where they need to handle it. And you said it perfectly. I mean, he's getting the blitz coming at him, and he's he's making his quick reads and get rid of the ball. I mean, I'm impressed. Now, I don't think this is going to be a one one game wonder. I think the kid has some some serious potential. And and Jared, you'll love this. Would we take Shea Patterson back? Because he he played a little bit He's like all, him. Yeah. Don't don't he you? He wears think, the glove. uh
2: throwing hand. I could see a lot of comparisons. Yeah.
1: It, and you. Patterson got wins.
2: Yeah, it, that's kind of what we – I kind of complained a lot about Shea Patterson, but like we said when we lost to Michigan State, like Shea Patterson doesn't lose to Michigan State there. Right. I don't care who he's got around him. He, just, right. he finds a way to put, thirty five, like, 30 points on the board, and he beats them. Uh, the the thing with McNamara and the thing that everyone's kind of gravitating around is his, like, post-game speech, which I actually tweeted about. You know, basically for those who haven't listened to it, he basically was saying how – you know, riling the guys up after the win. He he had just been given the game ball. He was saying how, you know, if we win the rest of the games out, like we started, we talked about how we want to finish the season strong. Like no one's going to remember the games before this. Like, that's a joke. Like you're seriously, you don't think we're going to remember the Rocky Lombardi uh, just dominating us or, Uh, the absolute embarrassment that we've had like two or three other times this year. Like, no, I'm never going to forget those games, even if we beat Ohio State. That's the only way that I could see maybe we forget some of the losses, but I'm never going to forget that Michigan State loss. But I will say this about that speech. It seems like he kind of has like a grip on the locker room, at least somewhat. I mean, the guys seem kind of hype about what he was saying, and if he has the confidence to kind of stand in front of those guys and and give a speech like that, whether it's good or not, like you got to kind of respect the guy for it. So I do kind of like him. I don't like his hair. I don't like how he's got the bleach highlights, but other than that, he seems like a pretty good guy, and I'll root for him.
3: Hey, that's that's the thing. Those those bleach highlights, man. That that takes me right back to school and high school. That was a thing. I mean, I had it for a good six years or something, frosting those tips, you know, like back in the day with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and stuff like that. So it is kind of funny. And that actually, to that point, that makes me think that he's even that much more confident that he says, like, go ahead, frost the tips of my hair. I don't care if people, you know, rip on me for it. I'm confident. I'm, I'm going to be the starting quarterback at Michigan. Go ahead and make fun of my hair. You know, you're sitting on your couch watching me play football. So that, may, that adds, like, a little more juice to, like, maybe – is confident, you know what
1: I mean? You do want a quarterback that's confident. And like you said, with Milton kind of sobbing at that Minnesota game, that doesn't exude confidence
2: no it doesn't and I I don't know you know we don't know what was going on in his head like right at that time whether it was I I don't know what he was crying about but that's the way I would view it is that he was yeah
1: who knows his background where he came from and maybe the moment just hit him that hey man I just stuck it to Minnesota and had a hell of a game and just the emotions came out I won't hold it against the guy but but uh, uh let's face it McNamara looked good and not only was his stats his stats tremendous didn't the team seem to just rise to the occasion with him in here, in there, and then the blockers up front started opening up holes for for Haskins? And- Other
2: than the the what is going on? We are so lucky that this team sucks because if we were good, the kickers would cost us two or oh three wins. Oh my God! I, how yeah. are they, like, they I, like how are they that bad? They're missing by ten yards. Yeah. like it's kind of comical. It's like something the Lions would do if that's how comical, like comically bad it is. Pretty sad.
3: And that's, what, that's what's ridiculous is Nordine. you know, obviously, if you guys remember, he was one of the biggest in the nation. He, he was the best kicking recruit in Michigan. But I think even he was, like, top-rated in yeah. the nation when he came in. So it was a huge deal to get him. And, yeah, he, he'll hit a 50-yarder here and there or something, but then he just completely shanks other <laughs> kicks. So, yeah, at some point, I mean, obviously this year – They're not going to be in a big game. I mean, I I guess maybe against Ohio State. But at some point, you know, you feel like a kicker is going to cost Michigan a game by missing a big kick or something. But, you know, with McNamara, you know, you're talking about, like, the team kind of looking different when he was in there. It's crazy how just completing some passes will do that. Completing that deep ball for a touchdown, all of a sudden, you know, the receivers are catching the ball more. Or all of a sudden, yeah, now that you're completing some passes – the defense is having to back off and it's opening up some holes for the run game. Cause all of a sudden Haskins rushes for like 110 yards or something like that. And the other games we were rushing like 15 times for 15 yards or whatever. So it's crazy how that's like, all you need to do is just get some momentum going, complete some passes, score a couple touchdowns and it opens up. And then if you've got a confident quarterback who's going to go out there, maybe the play calling, maybe, you know, the, you know, Gaddis and Harbaugh, maybe they're a little more confident McNamara, you know, whatever. It, it kind of is like a snowball effect. You know, once good things are happening, the defense maybe starts feeling a little better because they know that the offense is going to back them up. So, you know, maybe that's all you need. So, like people were ripping on Harbaugh and Michigan saying, like, you shouldn't be this excited about a win over Rutgers. And, like, I get that because it is Rutgers. Rutgers is better than they have been in the past. They're not – I mean, I'm not saying they're as good as Ohio State, but, you know, they are better than they have been. But this team needed something positive. Like, I don't care if it's Rutgers. I don't care if they were playing some FCS school. They needed something because, man, people were calling for Harbaugh's head and saying that, you know, this program's going into the tank. So I will take any positive vibes – that this team can get, even if it is a win over Rutgers. Were,
1: were people commenting because he was excited right after that game? Is that what they were commenting on?
3: I think the big thing that they were ripping on him, you remember uh, Rutgers had, they missed that field goal in overtime, that would have won it. Yeah. And ap- after they missed that field goal, that they cut to Harbaugh. And, I mean, he's jumping up and down. He's pumped. He's, he's trying to get the guys going. And people were like, oh, my God, it, Harbaugh's really jumping up and down after Rutgers misses a field goal? And it's like, uh, yeah, because if they would have made that – they would have been one and four, and people would have legitimately been calling for Harbaugh. Well, so well, yeah, not only that, it's complete, complete,
1: complete bullshit for somebody to think that. Yeah, we we know that it's been a, a struggle this season, but if you're in the middle of a battle, and and you're fighting to win, I don't care if it's the team at the bottom of the pack. Why wouldn't you get fired yeah, up?
2: You should be uh, there. Like that's just stupid anyone who's playing in that game, especially when it comes down. Like, even if you didn't really care at the start of the game, by right. the time you're in three, four over juices are flowing. Yeah, You want to win the game. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Yeah. Uh, there's one more, I'll say this about Cade Magnum I am rooting for this guy. We have this big recruit coming in, JJ McCarthy, apparently. And I don't know if you guys have been seeing this guy on Twitter as much as I have, but he's been taking kind of like this, like super high ground more. I'll just read one of this guy's tweets about Michigan. Uh, this is this great university demands excellence. This great fan base demands excellence. Everything that surrounds this university is simply just pure drive for excellence. Know that every single person associated with the football program is striving for excellence. And then he says this right here. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. They will not reach that light if it is being clouded by darkness. Support is the only thing that they need right now. Every single one of you has the power to contribute to the goal. We are all in this together. Now, I understand, like, the yeah, that's all good and, and well, like, tweeting that out. But this kid, like, I, and I feel okay saying this, like, I know you shouldn't really Really rip on high schoolers or whatever but he's 2 years old he's 2 years younger than me like this kid <laughs> i already don't like him like just something about like him tweeting that like he's he's been at michigan for 30 years like he's some michigan man you never you haven't even stepped foot on campus yet i've been a fan for 20 years you probably just became a fan like a year ago yeah you'll probably contribute more to michigan football than i ever will but still like it's just something about the some about this kid i just got a bad feeling about so i'm definitely rooting for magnamero in the forthcoming quarterback battle next year
3: yeah, and that's the thing, like McNamara, you know, because McCaffrey was there, because Milton was there, McNamara was almost like swept under the rug a little bit. But now it, it's come out a little more since he's been playing. The dude holds like every record in Nevada, the state of Nevada's high school football, you know, passing record, which I know Nevada is not Texas or Ohio high school football. But still, if you hold basically every record in a state, you know, as a quarterback, that's, that's impressive. So the kid can play. So, right, like uh, McCarthy, what you're talking about, tweeting that stuff out, you have to wonder if he's, like, doing a couple things. He's trying to, you know, show the fan base that he's going to be – he's still coming. He's not going to, you know, transfer and go somewhere else or whatever. And he's trying to, like, tell the fan base, like, he's coming in to to start. He's not coming in to be a backup or whatever. So, maybe he's trying to, like – you know, he's seeing McNamara is showing a little something. So, maybe he's trying to, like, say, hey, hey, guys, remember me? You know, I'm breaking all these records down here at IMG Academy. You know, you should be remembering I'm coming in. This isn't McNamara's job. So I'm all for it. If, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen with Milton. He's going to stay. If he's going to transfer, you know, who knows. But if McNamara really, like, kind of takes off the rest of this season and McCarthy comes in next year, I will gladly watch those two battle it out. And hopefully, you know, we finally land on a quarterback that's going to Win some big games.
1: Yeah, let's hope he puts his mouth or his money where his mouth is because I don't know how many times the word excellence was used in that tweet, but (laughs) let's hope he's excellent.
2: Yeah, it's just like I hate that when people like when. It's like, yeah, I understand. Like these guys are college kids, and like you know they're kids. Like at the end of the day, but like if you're playing for Michigan, like you're gonna receive some criticism if you're bad. Like that comes with that's the good and bad of being a college football athlete. Is when you're really good, you're like a god on campus and everywhere, and when you're bad, you're gonna get shat on for it, and you're still kind of treated like a god. Yeah. So it's like it just comes with the territory. I hate people that as soon as like. You throw one jab at somebody, it's like you're just the biggest douchebag in the world. Like That's what they signed up for. If they don't want it, then they can go play Division Three, where no one even talks about you.
1: And, and let's bring it full circle here, too. Let's go back to Joe Milton for just one second.
2: <laughs> you are very obsessed with Milton. Uh, well, no, 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 you still like holding off hope for this guy? Or no, no, no,
1: no, no. I, I I, think, though, for him, this is my gut feel, I think he, he sticks with the program, you know, keep working hard in practice. And if McNamara goes down for whatever reason, maybe Milton could come in with a little clearer head. He knows what he's gone through already, and maybe he can contribute. And, you know, you got to believe in practice they're working on getting him to make better reads, getting him also to find a little better touch on the ball. But I hope they don't give up on him. I hope he doesn't give up. I'm not necessarily sold on any kind of special package of a wildcat. If he wants to switch positions and be a tight end, okay, I'd be all right with that. But uh, frankly, I'd like to see him stick around and be the backup quarterback the rest of this season and be ready to go if his numbers called again. That's all.
3: I mean, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I mean, the thing is, I I really hope he does stick around for the rest of the season because you know McCaffrey's not there, so really he's he is the backup. I mean, they've got they've obviously have other quarterbacks on the roster, but yeah, if something happens to McNamara, then Milton would have to be the guy to step back in, and yeah, I, you know. Competition is, is good. I think sometimes if someone's, like, handed the job, then they kind of coast. So maybe this could be something to wake him up a little bit. Or, you know, like watching McNamara going out there and doing good, maybe he would work on some different things in practice. But, you know, if people talk about just, you know, because he's 6'5", 240, or, you know, whatever he is, switch to tight end, switch to receiver. And it's like yeah. sometimes, like, it's not that easy. I mean, like, people just think because you're a good athlete, you should be able to do it. And, you know, maybe he doesn't want to. Also, like, people just say, like, if he wants to play, then he should switch to tight end. Well, maybe he doesn't want to. Like, people said the same thing about Tebow. Tebow would switch to tight end. He'd be in the NFL still. Tebow, he didn't want to play tight end. He wanted to be a quarterback. So, you know, like, just saying that, like, you know, if he wants to, go ahead. But
2: who knows if he actually? No, will.
1: that's a I, that's a fair point.
2: I hate to say, it, guys, I, I've seen enough of Milton. There's there's no there's no like he's gonna come out and be Cam Newton next time he starts. No, it's it's time for him to transfer to a Mac school, have a have a good career. You know, good maybe a year or two at a Central Michigan or an Eastern Michigan, maybe win seven, eight, nine games there for him, uh, be the king of the campus. But it's time it's time for him to you know basically follow Shane Morris's footsteps, go to CMU, be the king at CMU and you've had a good college career. Yeah,
1: that Unfortunately, or, or fortunately, that's the way it is nowadays. People don't stick around and try to win their job back. They just move on and, and transfer, and that's that's the old guy in me. He's not going to win the job back.
2: That. He's not going to win. He's just not good enough. Well, He's not well, good.
1: I'm, I, I agree with that part, but if McNamara went down, you, you'd go with a third-string quarterback over Milton?
2: Well, so if you're – this is the argument. I hate this argument because if you're Joe Milton, are you really just going to wait and like kind of be rooting that you're – Friend and teammate gets hurt, so you can try to like steal his job. No, or are you just going to go somewhere else and succeed somewhere else,
1: I, or maybe succeed somewhere else? Right? He, I mean, he,
2: I mean, he's going to the MAC. He should probably be pretty fine. In the
1: but, you, but people always forget. You know, you're at the University of Michigan, one of the best jobs in the world's backup quarterback. Number one, number two, a, a degree from the University of Michigan is pretty impressive. He's not going on to play pro ball,
3: no. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe maybe that could be the path. Obviously, you know, finish school like you're saying, Ted. Keep getting. Good coaching. I mean, people want to take shots at Harbaugh, but you know he's still still a good coach. So keep getting coached, keep finish that school, you know, keep trying to get your reps in, and then maybe yeah, that you know the, the grad transfer or something like that after your grad you graduate okay school, with that. transfer to a Western Michigan or something like that, try and get one good year under your belt. Yeah, and maybe maybe make some noise and go to the NFL Combine or something. Yeah, right now it doesn't look like he would even sniff an NFL roster, but, you know, maybe that's, like, a way to look at it. Sure. Work in and then maybe transfer summer for a year and have a good season or something.
1: I got got another question for both you guys, and I know you uh, quite a while ago you tweeted on it, Jared, and (laughs) and it it bugged me from day one, the first game I watched. What is the deal with number zeros? I love it. You I you like it. it? I
2: love. If I I love that they instituted zero. Why? Football. I would have worn it. You it would have worn. Zero. That's a sweet number. You're a big zero. They, and the reason you're they brought it. The reason they brought it in is because people love the single digits now. Yeah. Everyone loves the single true. digit numbers. Yeah. They added another single digit number. I'd be fine if double zero made another comeback too. Zero is a great number. There's no reason it should not have been a football number. Wow. I think
3: zero. I think for for Jared's generation. I mean, I'm not saying maybe Jared specifically, but. I think Russell Westbrook in yep. the NBA really made zero cool, and I've just seen some people say that they would wear zero because Westbrook wore it, wears it in the NBA. But yeah, it's it's just different. I don't really mind it. I wouldn't care if a receiver wore sixty nine. Oh, <laughs> like I don't care what number you wear, as long as you're catching the ball or running the ball, it doesn't bother me. But zero, it is like it kind of pops out, you know, because we just didn't used to see it. It was like oh. There's a zero out there running around,
0: there. Yeah, you're,
2: go, t- you're telling me it's not cool if like a, like a, a Danny Woodhead or something's wearing like a number zero, I like think, a little slot receiver or something. I, I like, think it I looks, think it's cool. I like think it a looks Tyree Kill Zero. I think that's sweet.
1: Oh, not me, man. The only I go back to uh, I could see zero. There was a number zero in the NBA the first time I ever saw it, in his, and it was worn by Orlando Woolridge for the <laughs> <Good> O. <Lord. laughs> but The Lord. I think it's a personally. I just think it's a dumb number. But okay, we we have different opinions on that.
3: So you didn't, Ted? You didn't like uh, Robert Parish? wearing the double zero.
1: Actually, I like double zero better than zero. I don't know what it is that bugs me about it. Maybe it's just because yeah, it's I'm so really new. Yeah, I don't understand that. You know, it's I a, don't it's know. a great number. Okay, it's a great number. We disagree on that. Anything else we want to get into in college football, man? You know, we don't like to dwell on COVID, but you know, more and more games are getting canceled. I don't know if you guys noticed that nationwide. Hopefully, uh, it's
3: kind of picking up a little bit. Um, I guess the one thing I would add, not to just Ignore what you said about COVID, but I was <laughs> going to bring up um, Michigan playing Penn State this weekend yeah. Yeah. and potentially having the chance to send Penn State to 0-6. And, and I honestly, I want to win this game yeah. and send James Franklin and Penn State to 0-6, maybe more than the Ohio State game this year, just because we know Ohio State better than Michigan. So we're all kind of expecting a 30, 40-point blowout against Ohio State. But Penn State, if, if Michigan could beat Penn State and send James Franklin to 0-6, I think I would, I would shotgun three beers after that game, I think. I would be so happy.
2: This is a huge game, and it's, it's a noon kickoff, which I love. Get it right off on the rep. Here's the thing about it is it's, it's, a, it's kind of a game that, like, throw the records aside. Like, it's kind of like a rivalry. You know how they always say, like, throw the record books out, uh, I'm gonna love this game no matter what because like you said, it's kind of like hilarious like how bad these two teams are when you see press clippings of James Franklin saying when the season got canceled like three, four months ago that this team had quote unquote, a chance to be very, very special. And, like, we had the same sort of thing with Michigan where after the Minnesota game we were, like, this team's national title bound. Now they both suck, and it's, like, basically the toilet bowl. It's just it's it's funny because the coaches, they don't say they hate each other, but you can tell they hate each other.
1: Oh, yeah. There's no – they don't like each other at all. This game, I don't know what you guys think. This scares the hell out of me. 0-5, Penn State, Michigan, you know, we don't know how good they are. Can McNamara <laughs> do it again? This game scares me because I I agree with what you're saying, Matt. I'd love to see them just pound Penn State, just pound them. But I don't know, man. A team coming in with an offer they're going to be having a lot to play for, I think.
3: Yeah, and Penn State, they only lost to Ohio State by 13. And, you know, I don't necessarily look a whole lot into that because week-to-week week, teams are just playing differently, so I don't look a whole lot into that. But they did hang with Ohio State, so there's that. But
1: And they lost oh, yeah, to Indiana by one.
3: Yeah. You know, and it's Penn State, so there's still talent on that team. But I just, I just man, I would just love it so much to send James Franklin to 0 6. I would just, I would love it.
1: Well, let's hope let's hope it let's hope they do. That's all I can say. All right, we'll get a little look at the lions here uh, before we wrap up the program, but I want to tell you about Advanced Elevator Company. They have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair and installation of elevators, an area business leader and a big-time supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Also on board Hankard Sportswear, the area's top clothing and more printing business located in the heart of so Follow them on Facebook at Sportswear and the coronaconnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at coronaconnection.com. Well, our Lions segment doesn't have to be very long because they flat out stink. They they get shut out in Carolina to an XFL quarterback who threw two touchdown or two interceptions in the end zone and they still won 20 to
2: zip. What the hell's going on? Is it strictly the, Patricia? The team giving up? The funniest thing that I saw about uh, the XFL quarterback was that basically someone said like this is the perfect like transition game from the XFL to the NFL to play the Lions. Like, <laughs> and it's right. Like, I, it's just so embarrassed. Like, it, like I said, the Lions. It's almost it's hilarious week after week the way they lose. Like a, a XFL quarterback coming and no Christian McCaffrey and this guy just looks like a superstar. Yeah, and it's like it's just hilarious. How how this. Oh, they're so bad, and they're they they're so like kind of hilariously bad, as I've said. The thing I will say about this is enjoy these last five games for Matt Patricia, because uh, one, it's it's an absolute doozy of a schedule: Texans, Bears, Packers, Titans, Bucks, Vikings. Like they might win one of those games, and we just know that this is a dead man walking. Uh, so just kind of enjoy it. Just know that we're gonna look back on the Patricia era sort of like how we look back on the rich rod where it's kind of funny you kind of look back and laugh a little bit so
1: you're saying just watch the show
2: yeah just enjoy it for its ups and downs mostly downs
3: yeah yeah get your popcorn ready because yeah people are saying like fire patricia now if they haven't fired him yet they're i mean I, th- I would think they're gonna wait till the end of the season you know who knows what they're gonna do but that that game i mean like you said ted at the top this it was down here in charlotte and north carolina i honestly i mean If the whole COVID stuff wasn't going on, I definitely would have gone. But even up until Thursday, Friday, before the game, I was looking at tickets and seeing if some were going to drop down to like 100 or even maybe a little less. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go. You know, a bunch of my friends here are Panthers fans, so maybe I could get a couple people to go and watch this game. I am so happy I saved money and didn't go to that game because I would have been sitting there by the third or fourth quarter I wouldn't have left because I'm not one of those fans. Yeah. I paid the money. I'm going to stay for the whole game. But I, I don't know. That would have been the most depressing thing to be sitting there in that stadium watching that just terrible performance. I mean, there was no life. I mean, the, the couple interceptions the Lions defense had, okay, cool. That was fun. But the offense, it was just so generic. And so, here, we're going to hand the ball off, and then maybe we're going to throw a little pass, and then we're going to hand – it was just there was nothing to it. I don't know if Stafford's thumb – you know, it was really like they didn't think they could mix up the play calling or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. But it
1: seemed like it, though. Watching I mean, that
3: game, I, yeah, I was just like, there's nothing to this. What are you guys doing? And then the one time they do throw that crazy trick play and score a touchdown, they forget how to line up properly and it gets taken off the board. So right. that, it was just – that was it's another posi- – the Lions were in position to win a game and actually like legitimately be in the playoff picture. And, of course, they go out there and get shut out for the first time in 11 years. So it's just what are we doing to ourselves
2: watching this team?
1: Yeah, I mean that fits the Sol all the way, and you it's know just,
2: it's so impressive to get shut out. It's almost impressive to get shut out in an NFL game because kickers can kick it from sixty yards away. And like, he, you just got to get a few first downs, and you'll get some points on the board. Old they pra- couldn't do that. Oh, Prater had a chance, and then he missed. <laughs>
0: you know,
3: yeah, and that's it. and like usually like that was the first time I know the stats been thrown out there. The first time Stafford's been shut out as a starter, and usually you know we remember all these games that would happen they'd be down 30 or something, and in the fourth quarter, because they're playing hurry-up, Stafford would usually rack up 14 points or something like that. Or like you said, like you'd at least hit a field goal or something. So, right, to get shut out in the NFL in today's game, it like you said, it's almost more impressive, like in, in a bad way, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, Thanksgiving's coming up. We'll watch it. Do you guys eat uh, after the game, Jared, this year or during the game? During? I
2: hope so. I hope during. during. Uh, so you can get a TV tray out and yep, watch get a TV. That's, a, that's another positive. You know, we don't have to do the classical <laughs> sit at the dining table. You don't, Just get it, go to the couch like everybody wants to do.
1: Do we know who the halftime performance is?
2: I don't think we do. Is there even one? God, I don't you know if there is so. one. Maybe not. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. I'll do some research. I don't know if because of the COVID
3: stuff. I don't know if they didn't sign someone up. Yeah, I haven't seen. I didn't even think about that.
1: I know the weekend's going to be playing at the Super Bowl, but I, I did have a question about tickets, Matt. Is it strictly StubHub available? for for the game that you were looking at the Lions game?
3: I mean, yeah, there it was on StubHub, but on, you know, like the Panthers website or nfl.com, they were um, tickets were available too. You know, I, you could tell in the stands, it was very spaced out. Yeah. So it was, you know, socially distant or whatever, but yeah, there was stuff on StubHub cuz that's what everyone does and they were mostly like 150 to 200 bucks and so I was like, you know, <laughs> that that was like the stretch. I was like if it drops down around 100, maybe I'll go. 150 200 I don't want to pay that. No. And I'm very, very glad I saved
2: my money.
1: Just think what you could do with that money now, you know. Yep. And what a disappointment that was, for sure. Any luck, Jared?
2: Nothing? I can't find that, which means that there probably is not one. Probably the just a halftime
1: cannot, show back at the studio, probably.
2: Yeah, uh, the fact huh. that I can't even find it is showing that it's most likely we don't have one. So Okay. Which I'm okay with. Usually they're kind of horrible anyway and kind of awkward. Uh,
1: I know we didn't talk about it in our pre-production meeting, but you guys are our resident- NBA fans, and you know the draft was this week, and Pistons were all kinds of active. Just quick thoughts on on the Pistons. And I don't the NBA know what draft. they're doing.
2: I think it's never good when like the you know like the the NBA experts that I follow on Twitter and all that sort of stuff are basically just going out of their way because you never you never hear people talking about the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Whenever they are, it's always bad stuff. <laughs> Usually, and that's all you saw on draft night, which is just showing guys who know more than we do are saying that this is probably the biggest blunder of the draft is how they're signing all these guys, drafting uh, for, uh, centers, forwards, and then uh, adding two free agent-like forwards. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but I do know this. It's not good.
1: Yeah, the Plumlee thing had me scratching my head, but, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, there was all kinds of weird moves, and uh, maybe the GM, the new GM, knows what he's doing, and it has a lot to do with salary cap space and everything else, and probably the wheeling and dealing is not done yet.
3: Yeah, it seemed like, the, like you said, the new GM – It's almost like he had a new toy to play with, and he was just, like, throwing money around like, Oprah, you get a contract, you get a contract, everyone come to Detroit. It seemed like, to me, like, maybe they're trying to work out, maybe they're going to try and trade Blake Griffin, you know, and get something back for him. Maybe something like that's going to happen. Otherwise, when you look at the roster on paper, yeah, it's just a bunch of, like, random dudes. It seems like there's no kind of, like, let's see what kind of game we're going to play. You know, a lot of times you can look at that with a roster, and see that you know they got a bunch of big guys, or they've got a bunch of shooters, something like that. This is just a bunch of random dudes. But you know the one thing, at least they did something. Yeah. Because if they would have, if they would have just like drafted a guy or two, and then signed like some forward, it would have been like, okay, cool, another another season of the Pistons, and Blake Griffin probably getting hurt. But at least like, cool, they did something. They made some moves, and maybe this all comes together. But probably
2: won't so. I, I will say this have you guys ever seen a less like star-studded draft board than no. than what was wednesday night i mean anthony Edwards is the number one pick i literally see a quote of him saying he's bored of basketball <laughs> and if an nfl team offered him a position he would quit basketball and go play football it's like that's the number one pick like what else do you even need to say about this draft class
1: yeah the only the only juice at all was
2: ball right yeah that's it that's it wow yeah that that's kind of i mean that's
3: It's kind of been the last, I don't know, handful or more years. NBA drafts are usually, like, very top-heavy, the top five, maybe six, seven picks. People know or, you know, they, they could potentially be franchise changers. After that, you hear a lot of it's just like, who's this guy? Oh, this guy's from France. Who's this guy? He's from some small little college D2 school or something. So, yeah, the NFL or the NBA draft sometimes is kind of like, who
2: are all these guys? But.
1: Yeah, a lot of that's because of the one-and-done and done in the European flavor, right? Just like you said. You really don't have a chance to get to know these no. players.
2: The NFL draft is infinitely times better. Yes. It's so much better. Yeah.
1: All right, that's enough on the Pistons. It's now time for a little entertainment talk. All right, I'll start it off here. I know, Matt, you got something you want to add tonight. I have just started watching Yellowstone. I I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It stars Kevin Costner, it's on the Paramount Network. And I just saw this weekend that they were going to run a full marathon of all three seasons so far. So the DVR is loaded on that one right at the moment. But uh, I'm about four episodes in, and it's, it's outstanding. It's about Kevin Costner plays the owner of a ranch in Montana. He owns two hundred fifty thousand acres of cattle ranching, and there's all kinds of drama with him dealing with uh, the local Indian tribe, Yellowstone National Park people, politicians. You know, he's got tons of money. The family is causing all kinds of issues, and it's it's basically a western. So it's it's I love it so far. Four episodes in, I'm I'm enjoying it.
3: That's- is it set? Because I've heard the basically the same feedback, and obviously Costner's. Great, basically anything Costner does is good. But is it set in present day or is it set, you know, back in like 1900? No, no,
1: it's set present day. Costner plays this. I mean, he's a badass, rich rancher, and you know, I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of twists and turns as I go through the series. I-
2: I will say this: It's the dynamic duo of old guy boners, Kevin Costner and westerns. So I know I probably won't be tuning in. Not gonna lie, but I can see why you are why you are very uh, entertained by
1: it. Yeah, absolutely, I enjoyed it. Uh, also, another thing that I I watched, and you know we won't get political here, cool. but but I I watched Jimmy Kimmel and former President Barack Obama on as a guest. He was on for like three segments. The guy was hilarious. I mean, he's yeah. he's just fantastic when he's interviewed, and I mean, he was. I mean, he made me laugh out loud at least five times in that interview. So no, he,
3: he's great, and I mean, you know, whether you're a fan or whatever, when he was uh, president, that the guy has so much charisma that you know, like his interviews are always so entertaining. Especially now that yeah. he's done being the president, he can actually like let loose a little bit and show his personality a little more anytime he's on a late night show or, you know, anything like that, I will gladly sit and watch. Cause yeah, he's, he's funny. And listening to him talk, he's just like a smart guy. Like I said, yeah. the charisma, yeah. and how, I, I, I
2: saw he was on Kimmel. I didn't watch it though.
1: What do the young guys do nowadays to watch that? You just look it up on YouTube or something if you wanted to watch it. Yeah, you'll just watch the clips. Yeah. I,
2: I'm not a. I don't. I don't watch. I really don't watch. Other than sports, I don't watch cable. Mm-hmm. I like uh, something like that. Might as well just wait until it comes out, then watch it a couple hours later without commercials.
1: I know you had a chance to watch a show you were going to talk about a little bit, Matt.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I watched. Uh, came
3: out I think last Friday. Um, Will Smith. He got it's the 30th anniversary of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, its first season. So Will Smith got the cast together for like a 30th reunion show and they were on the set. You know, they rebuilt the set and, you know, they brought everyone in and talked about the show, how it was created. And, you know, just, you know, one of those things. Let's talk about the show, you know, funny moments. And, you know, obviously there were some emotional times and stuff like that because Uncle Phil, you know, James Avery has passed away. So they talked about him and, they you know, talked about just being behind the scenes and everything like that. So the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I mean, that's definitely a generational thing. I Ted, you were a little older, maybe when when that show came out. Jared, obviously, you weren't around, but yep. that was like right in the prime, right? you know, mid '90s, early mid '90s. And I loved that show. It's still probably up there, top three sitcoms. I could watch all those episodes again. And watching that show, they were showing clips and some behind the scenes stuff. I was just cracking up, and I just I was eating that up because the Fresh Prince, that that was like. That's like brings back my childhood. That was, it's one of my favorite shows. So, and it's actually like really well done. And I was telling you guys before we started recording if you weren't a Fresh Prince you know, viewer, if you didn't really watch the show, you would still maybe appreciate it yeah. because of the, the behind the scenes stuff and the stories about how things, how the production of the show happened, um, you know, maybe how the show started w- with Will Smith as a rapper getting sold to be, be on this show. So really well done. It's on HBO, it's only an hour long. So it's cool to, you know, knock out in one night. But I would definitely recommend watching that. It was
1: a was it documentary style? Is that what it was?
3: No, I mean, I would say it was just like it was them just sitting in a living room talking. Oh. not necess- And they would cut to, you know, some clips or, you know, show some stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah, just really laid back. Um, you know, they – they, you know, they there was just some, like, good behind-the-scenes stuff. So, yeah, really, really entertaining.
2: Yeah, that show is – I've only seen, you know, maybe five episodes in my life, but you hear about it It's all the time. It's always on social media and stuff. Uh, but young Will Smith is up there with one of the coolest guys ever to walk this earth. He's right up there with Mike, young Michael Jordan, UNC Michael Jordan, uh, for just a couple of the coolest guys that have ever been there. Uh, The one thing I will say about Fresh Prince of Bel Air is it's kind of annoying that this scene pops up on my timeline. Matt probably knows which one I'm talking about. The scene pops up on Twitter every freaking day. People go, "Dude, like this Will Smith's a real one for this one," is what people will say. It's like the scene where is there? It's him and his uncle Phil. I don't know if it's the last episode. But he's talking about, like, why doesn't my dad love me or something like that, uh, where he's talking about how he hates his dad so much, and then he says that at the very end. People are like, Will Smith's such a good actor. Like, I, that scene, I've seen that scene one <laughs> zillion times. And I don't know anything else about the show but that scene.
3: It's incredible, and I don't know about you, but every time I see it, you can't help but cry. Like, <laughs> he, he is. He's such a good actor in that show. And, like, to speak to that, not like to throw out a spoiler alert or anything, but... Because this news has been out there before. So Will Smith, I mean, he was a rapper. He was not an actor when he got sold the show. But Quincy Jones, the the creator of the show, and I mean, he's a legend in music production and TV production and everything. He wanted Will Smith to be on the show. He wanted him to be the star. So Will Smith, he he was like, he he tells this in the show. He says, like, "I, I had no idea how to act. I was 19 years old or whatever. I had no idea what I was doing. So Because obviously, now we know Will Smith has become this like megastar in music and in movies and TV and everything. He learned everybody's line in that show because he wanted to be like on top of his game. He wanted to make sure he was living up to the expectations. So, in that first season, and they show some clips, like other characters would be talking and Will Smith would be mouthing their line. And, you know, they're all laughing about it because they'd say, like, yeah, we'd be sitting there doing the doing our scene and i'd look at you and you'd be mouthing my lines and it was the most distracting thing ever (laughs) but i just i've always thought that's like insanely impressive yeah to to learn everybody's line because you were like that dedicated to it so and will smith's one of my favorite actors too so that helps a little
1: bit (laughs) i'll definitely check that out on on hbo on demand for sure speaking of hbo we'll wrap this up with uh I uh, had a chance to watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction this year. It was really good. It was different because in the past, you know, they always have it in some big convention center, and the bands go up on the stage and play some songs uh, from their repertoire, and uh, that's usually pretty good. That's the only thing that was missed, but this year it was Complete documentaries on each band, each honoree. It was really well done. So if you get a chance to watch it, check it out. That's on HBO. The only thing disturbing to me is, and there's a lot of people that haven't made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the blatant omission to me is Grand Funk Railroad. I don't know how they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with all the hits they had. You And they were on top of the world there for, I don't know, about a three or four year period in the 70s, so... That's a big omission. But I'll wrap this part up. You guys probably saw I tweeted it. It was one of the greatest rock and roll stories, especially in the state of Michigan. The band Kiss in 1975, I don't know who put it together, but they were asked to play at the Cadillac Homecoming Dance, Cadillac, Michigan. And the band Kiss came to town. The city of Cadillac just brought them in with open arms. They brought him into the school for that whole day. They played the homecoming dance. They were in the homecoming parade. And I, I tweeted, I think you retweeted on the Three Point podcast site, Matt, that uh, about a six- or seven-minute uh, video, kind of a documentary style, kind of showing film clips from that whole weekend. It was awesome if you ever get a chance to
2: check it out. That's like one of those like uh, two truths and a lie if you went to school, like the icebreaker, stupid activity, if you went to school there, like that would be one that you would throw. there. like, Kiss played at my homecoming. And games. I
1: was there, and about 100,000 other people yeah. were there, <laughs> right? But uh, it was it was very cool to think of that here in Michigan, a band like Kiss, speaking of the Hall of Fame, they're in it. Uh, and it's funny, you know, because I think it was that year, it was probably six months later, they played at CMU, and I actually saw them. You know, they were just starting out. So there you go. Old guy story for cool. you. All right, is there anything else we want to wrap up with, boys, or should we call it a podcast?
3: Ready to eat our faces off on Thursday, right?
1: That's right. Let's do it. It's mask up until we get there, but we'll call it a wrap, everyone. Just follow us, let our partners know you listen in. You know, they include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z925 The Castle. For Jared Fattell and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattell. Thanking you for tuning in, and like we all said, have a great Thanksgiving, even though it's going to be a little different this year. But, uh, you know, keep it cool and eat all you want and mask it up. So long, everybody.